Hello and welcome again to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson. I'm so excited you've joined me again today where together we talk about the fact that fathers matter. I hear often from men that they get the message either from television or movies that they're not all that important. Well, I'm here to say that you as men, you as fathers are vital to your children's development. Let me sum it up by saying you are important and I value you. And that is why week after week, I love to bring you relevant topics that support that goal of equipping you as a dad with more effective tools to reach your fathering goals, especially when it comes to the dad-daughter relationship. Well, week by week, I use the template on your mark, get set, go, where I want you to picture me as your coach standing on the sidelines. You're there standing side by side with other fathers saying we're getting ready to run our fathering race this weekend and we could use a little input so that we get out there and we get to be the heroes we want to be and that our daughters need us to be. Well, today on your mark is facing your own father wounds, facing your own father wounds. Now, I can imagine that on hearing that title that some of you may decide to go change the channel, right? We we don't want to listen to that today. That's a little too heavy. Well, I I promise you this isn't a show about blaming your dads. That's not the point. But it's to face your own history, face your story. I know that takes courage, sometimes more than you might think you have. And that's why I want to walk it through with you today. This might even be one that you want to listen again on iTunes at the Dad Whisper to, or go to my website, drmichellewatson.com, where you can listen to any of the old shows, where you can repeat this in order to just begin to look at something that you may not usually look at. Now, maybe you as a dad have thought, why dredge up the past? The past is the past. I hear that one sometimes. Or why look at wounds that my father inflicted maybe some 20, 30, 40 years ago? There's nothing I can do about it now, so why talk about it? Hmm, I've heard some of those. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have any sports injuries, maybe from high school or college? Let's say you have a torn ACL. Let's say you had a football injury or a baseball injury, and here you are now, you know, 20, 30, 40 years later, do you ever experience discomfort as a result of those old injuries? Of course you do. That's why I'm saying the reality is that we're all impacted by injuries from our past, aren't we? Whether we admit it or not. So if a physical injury can't be ignored so that the body can function right, then how can an emotional or a relational injury be ignored if someone really wants to be healthy and strong and whole. So let's brave this topic together, facing your own father wounds, and courageously look at this topic. You ready? Well, for the get set part, I want to tell you how I landed on this topic today. Well, I told you before that in December of 2009, I was reading in Luke 1 about how God told Zechariah that his son John would help turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And I just got this download from God that said, Michelle, That's what I want you to do. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I think you've got the wrong girl. But I'm telling you, it has been the joy of my life the last eight years to help turn the hearts, not just the heads of fathers toward their daughters. Well, the part of the story that I haven't told you is that when I got that download, I had absolutely no idea how to cover the topics that would unfold over the course of that next year. No idea. I didn't have a a template or a workbook. I just literally said, God, what do you want me to do this next month? Well, when I got to month seven, the download that I got from God was that he wanted me to talk to these men about their father wounds. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I was afraid that the guys would say, okay, this is a bait and switch kind of thing. 
I'm here to learn about my daughters, and now you switched it up, Michelle, and you're now making me look at my own stuff. I think I honestly feared some of them would walk out of the room. But you know what? They never did. I was blown away that these men were like, yeah, yeah, I think this does tie to the whole idea of being a good dad to my daughter. And you want me to tell you one comment that I heard from a dad. It was so profound. I said, can you say that again? I want to write this down. Here's what he said at the end of the project. And he looked back over the whole nine months of it. We meet once a month. He said, this topic was the single most powerful part of the whole thing. If I'm not prepared to look at my own relationship with my dad and the impact that it had on me, how can I look at my own relationship with my daughter who is potentially more fragile? I was blown away by those words. That's why I said, can I quote you? That is so good. And he said, absolutely. So here again today, I want you to be able to say, I want to look in. I want to face my story. My, I want to look at my relationship with my dad so that I can be honest and clean out any of the wounds, any of the lies with God's help so that I'm not just inflicting woundedness on my daughter or my son based out of my wound, right? When we're hurting, you've maybe heard that quote, hurting people hurt people. When we're hurting without knowing it, we're more irritable, right? Short-tempered, angry. There's just sometimes just lazy, like not laziness like laziness, but, but I just don't have energy. Like my woundedness is taking me out. It's taking all my energy. So I don't have as much energy to do my life. So sometimes it, that's how it manifests when there's a father wound. So let me give you another story. And it may be that some of you, like me, raised, were raised in the church where you heard kind of bonked over our heads that we were to live by Philippians 3.13, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I'm telling you, I've heard that one a lot. Don't look back. Just move forward. You guys, the truth is, and I'm not saying I've got it all down because I'm a Bible school graduate, but the truth is, if you look at that whole chapter in Philippians 3, where the Apostle Paul writes, and you look at the entire verse, okay, just the verse that's misquoted, only part of it is quoted there with the forgetting what lies behind. Actually, in that chapter, the Apostle Paul cites what he's done in the past, you know, as a Pharisee of Pharisees, he's listing out his past life, if you will, his job description. He's saying, but that isn't where I get my identity now. That's what he's talking about when he says forgetting the past, not saying he's actually forgotten what he's done in the past and how those things have impacted him. So what that verse says in totality is, brothers, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. So he's saying, I don't say that I've laid hold of my identity because those things are not what define me. Okay, so did I did I kind of shoot a hole in that theory in case that's your, your hold on to why you don't look back? And I want to give you one more aspect, something to consider, one more aspect to this whole thing about why it may be hard for you as a dad to face your father wounds. So I've been a counselor for over 20 years, and it probably doesn't surprise you to hear me say that I have more women walk through my counseling door than I do men. Now, there's research that suggests that men may seek counseling less than women because maybe they have a harder time admitting weakness, harder time asking for help, and they actually may see it or you may see it as strength to push up against all odds 
even if it means going it alone. I mean, let's even add in the fact that many of you were raised by dads who were in the war. I mean, it could go as far back as even World War II, where what they learned was that you don't tune into emotions, you just push forward, right? You just go against the elements and you don't complain, you don't whine, you just push forward. And so many of you were raised by dads that did not value looking in, which could include your emotions, or looking back. I imagine many of you can relate to that. But here's the deal. I just wanted to start by honoring the fact that there are layers to resistance sometimes to looking at something, right? And I want to give you some information today, bring you some truth so that you have an opportunity to walk out with more freedom, more ability to connect in deeper ways with your children, with your wife, with your girlfriends, with your coworkers greater ability to take risks, and overall, I want you to know that life is a lot more fun with energy when it flows out of a place of healing than it does when we're in a wounded place. We can't ignore an old injury, I guess you could say. I know it takes a tremendous amount of courage to look within, but for the sake of your daughters and your sons, you've got to do it. Because again, like I was saying, you'll be better able to love her once your wounds are cleaned out and healed. She's worth it, and you're worth it. So today, as we look at this topic of facing your own father wounds, I just wanted to start with that foundation. Now, just in case you're not convinced that there's any value to looking at old pain, I want to tell you a story from a friend of mine. His daughter is one of my best friends. I've known her for almost 40 years. So this dad and I go way back to my early 20s. And he shared with me a really profound story that I think underscores this fact that We may say we don't want to face our father wounds, but sometimes when we haven't faced the wound, we're living out of that wounded place, whether we want to admit it or not. And he's given me permission to share this story, and I really believe it's going to touch your heart. So Jim is 79 years old now, and he calls himself a self-made man. So he never went to college. He started working at a young age. He's a hard worker. And He began the story when I asked him about his relationship with his dad by saying, I didn't have a relationship with my father. I didn't even know my dad. He went on to tell me that he said, my dad didn't do so well with people. He said he would often get up from the dinner table, even with guests there at times, only to walk out without comment into the garage and begin working on projects. He said, everyone just kind of knew that was my dad. So it didn't surprise any of us. It's just what my dad did. So we went with it. But he said, truth be told, I was a son who needed more of my dad. And I would say, truth be told, there was a son who both needed and longed for more of his dad. So apparently, Jim said, my dad was brilliant. He would, he would invent things. He got some of them patented. So you could see that his time in the garage actually bore dividends, right, for creativity. But that is where he excelled, was with inanimate objects, not people. So Jim told me the story where he said, I remember when I was about 16, and he said, I was out in the garage, and I was sweeping. I was cleaning up. And he said, I did the best job I could. But my dad came in and said, something that he said, I've never forgotten. He said, my dad hollered at me, you can't even sweep the floor right. Oh my goodness, did that just hit you like it did me? You can't even sweep the floor right. Jim said, okay, I still carry that message in my head now. He said, even though I've been a CEO, I've in more than one company, 
I mean, he has started in the from the ground up. Even at 41, he was the CEO, the president of a company. And he said, even though I was a president, I still thought I can't do it right. And he said, but I thought when I reached that pinnacle at 41 that my dad would finally be proud of me. But he said, all I heard was, that's great. No discussion, no details, no celebration. And then here's what he said. It was the floor-sweeping episode all over again. How many of you can relate to that? That those old messages that your dad, out of his own woundedness, his own you know, incapabilities or capabilities that are lacking is then spilling over a message to you. And the reason that I'm wanting you to hear Jim's story is that I know he makes this topic more palatable because so many can relate to these dynamics with their dads. Let me tell you a little bit more about Jim. He said that even though his dad died over 20 years ago, he still hears his dad in his head. Here he is seven decades into his lifespan And yet he's living as if he were seven years old again, continually longing for his dad's approval. Here's what Jim said. I always tidy things up. I think that maybe my dad is always watching me. What I did was never good enough for my dad. I was never good enough for my dad. Isn't that something? How many of us can relate to that? That those old messages are lies. They really are. And we're going to be talking next week to my friend, Dr. Margaret Nagib, more about how to heal from father wounds. And I know she's going to unpack this a little bit more because there are ways to have healing around those lies, those things that we've been told were true, but really aren't true. And I know that Jim is a meticulous worker bee. I say he's meticulous in the work that he does. I know that his lawn always perfectly mowed. He now has the whole life, his whole life, he has lived to have everything perfect, everything clean, everything done meticulously because he doesn't want his dad to be disappointed in him, even though his dad isn't still alive. This is why we need healing from father wounds so that we can be free. You may have heard about John Eldridge. He's written a number of books, and one of my favorites is one called Wild at Heart, Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul. I I'm guessing it was probably at least 15 years ago that I read this book. And what I loved about it is he's saying through every movie reference that he that he can possibly muster up in the books to, to provide a reference point for men to understand concepts is he said men want a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Here's one of the things that he says in that book, Wild at Heart, about the father wound. Every boy in his journey to become a man takes an arrow to the center of his heart in the place of his strength. Because the wound is rarely discussed and even more rarely healed, the wound remains, and the wound is nearly always given by his father. John Eldridge goes on to say, a boy derives his identity, his masculinity, and the answers to the deepest questions about himself from his father. The deepest wound a man carries is his father wound. And I'm saying there, we're taking it from another man. This isn't just me saying it. But he says, If your father had the power to validate, then he also had the power to invalidate. So he says if he invalidated you or emasculated you, either way it's a wound that becomes defining for a man. So I want to go on. I told you he he uses a lot of movie references. I thought this one was really powerful. He said, if you'll recall one of the earlier Star Wars movies, The Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker goes to the planet Dagobah to find Yoda, the last Jedi Master, who is to be appointed under him. A classic picture of masculine intention. That's what John Eldridge says. 
Luke has been the cowboy or the ranger out in the sands of Tatooine. And on the road with Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's now ready for that time where he's going to enter his warrior phase and he needs training. As his instruction under Yoda progresses, the challenge becomes more and more significant, moving from the physical to the emotional to the spiritual. Deep in the jungle one day, Yoda points to a cave and a hole leading down into the earth. Luke must go down into that dark cavern alone and face his deepest, most subconscious fears. And it's down in the underworld that an image of Darth Vader emerges. Luke does battle with his shadow figure. He beheads Vader only to discover that it is Luke's own face in the helmet. It is Luke's deepest fear that somehow he will turn out to be like Vader. Not long after this, Luke, in fact, does confront Vader, who in the midst of the battle tells him, I'll try to do my best impression, I am your father. That truth is Luke's worst nightmare. Why? asks John Eldridge. He says, ask any man to tell you the answer. Okay, so dads, I'm asking you the question. Why was it Luke Skywalker's worst nightmare for Darth Vader to be his father? Here's what John Eldridge says. Because in some deep primal way, when we look at our fathers, we fear that they are what we are and what we will become, our destiny. But I have to be honest with you men now. This is me now, Michelle talking. When I hear these kinds of statements, I want to shout, but what would happen if dads healed from their father wounds? And rather than just saying, I fear I'm going to become my father, instead said, I am going to do the work it takes to heal from whatever wounds are there so that I get to be the man God called me to be. I've got an awesome story to tell you about. It's from an incredible article that I read called Learning from His Father's Mistakes. Growing up estranged from his own father, one man decides to give his sons a different life. This is about a man named Moses Eric Cobb. Here's what he writes. My parents divorced when I was only 11 years old, and my dad was never really a significant part of my life growing up. Because of my strained relationship with my dad, I needed to learn how to be the best father I could be. I mean, they don't give you a manual for raising your children along with the bill from the hospital. Yes, I wish things had been different with my father. That's what I can't control. I wish my dad had done this or that, but that's in the past. What we can do as fathers is now make sure that it isn't perpetuated. And I say, preach it, brother. Thank you, Brother Moses, for mentioning that. I've got a book on my shelf in my office called Father Wounds. Isn't that interesting? I've even Googled it. There's no books called Mother Wounds. Not that they don't exist, but I have one called Father Wounds. And here's what author Francis Anfuso says. Unless we begin to embrace the famines of our childhoods as healing opportunities, that's what he calls them, we will miss some of the greatest miracles of our lives. Let me read that again. Unless we begin to embrace the famines of our childhoods as healing opportunities, we will miss some of the greatest miracles of our lives. So here's my question for you as dads. Do you want your daughters and your sons to carry famines, meaning the deficits, what they didn't get or the wounds, into their adulthoods as a result of wounds from you? Of course you don't. Of course you don't. And that's why today I'm saying, what would it look like to face your own father wounds. 
Well, let's move now into the action step. If you are a dad, even a daughter, who's saying, I want to face my father wounds today, okay, what do I do? How do I do that? Well, I have made an acrostic, H-E-A-L, right? Just the word heal. I'm saying, here's a four-step model that you can use if you want to look at your father wounds. H stands for honestly face the hurt. I've once heard it said, you've got to feel to heal. So how do you honestly face the hurt? Well, write down things that your dad did to hurt you. Like really go back. Maybe you want to go age by age. Maybe you want to ask a sibling. Maybe you want to ask your dad, can we talk through some of the ways that you may remember wounding me? Now, that would take a lot of courage of a dad. But why not do that? Write down, how has your dad impacted you positively or negatively? And if you don't like to write, like a lot of men tell me, why don't you just talk into Siri on your phone? Let it be that way. So H, honestly face the hurt that your dad has caused you. E, express the pain verbally and emotionally to release what's held inside. So E for express means get it out. Let what's hurt you have a voice. And I know for many men that I either see in my counseling office, talk to at workshops or conferences, or that I lead in the ABBA project say, oh, that's not usually what I do. I kind of hold it inside. That's being tough. That's being strong. I'm like, okay, dads, if you're ready today, though, to let out and express what's inside, maybe a place to start is by asking yourself, what pictures do I still see in my mind or what words do I still hear from my dad that play inside my head? And do both, positive and negative. A, allow another to walk with you to be a safe witness to your pain. Now, that can be a hard one. How do I let someone else into my pain? Well, start with the closest person to you. Say, hey, Dr. Michelle has given me this idea. I want to face my father wounds. Can we start a conversation? Just start there. Take them out for lunch. Take them out for coffee and say, I want to allow you to walk with me, and I have no idea how to do this. Can you just listen to my story? I just want to start telling you about my life. There's the A and L, let go of the pain. That's the forgiveness process, the releasing, the letting go. But I think sometimes we put the forgiveness at the beginning of the process, and we haven't really looked at the impact of those injuries. So maybe a way that you could start to let go of the pain is to write a letter to your dad, whether he's living or not, and you don't have to give this to him, this is for you, that will allow you to both acknowledge the wound as well as the gratitude. You're doing both sides, and if it's appropriate, you may want to express forgiveness in that letter. So let me review the H-E-A-L. If you're ready to do a go step this week to face your father wound, H, honestly face the hurt. E, express the pain verbally and emotionally so you can release what's held inside. A, allow another person to walk with you to be a safe witness to your pain. And L, let go of the pain and forgive because all of those steps are vital to the full releasing so that you can be the dad you want to be and that your daughter and son need you to be. I look forward to you joining me next week when I'm going to have Dr. Margaret Nagib join us for part two, where she will be talking more about how to heal further from your father wounds. Well, today you've been listening to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson. The topic has been facing your own father wounds. 
And so between today and next Monday, I would encourage you to take some time to look within and begin preparing yourself for part two to look at your own father wounds. You can always go to my website at drmichellewatson.com where I have free resources. You can sign up for my Dad Daughter Friday blog. You can listen to old episodes of The Dad Whisperer. You can even go to iTunes where you can listen again and share with your friends. So it's been a joy to have you here with me today. Dads, get out there intentionally and consistently love your daughters. Go dads.